Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Hey, this is John C. John, pastor of Tana Creek Community Church, Mumbai, India. It is indeed a blessed privilege to be preaching with God's word, the Bible, as my foundation. I want to thank you for tuning in. I believe that you will never be the same again as you hear the message and allow God to impact you. Sin and sinner. That's the topic we are going to discuss in our study today. Sin came into the world with the disobedience of Adam and Eve. They disobeyed God. Their desire to disobey, thoughts of doing it, and finally the very act gave birth to sin on earth. When I studied a little bit about sin, this is what I have understood based on the knowledge I gathered from different scholars of God's word. They say that sin means to miss the mark, to miss the point, which means failing and doing badly, failing to achieve the intended result. Miss the mark means failing to achieve the intended result. To miss the mark, according to God's word, to not obey the instructions given by God in the Bible. In other words, to be involved in anything that is below the standards set by God. In our earlier Bible study on the topic Genesis of Sin, we learned that the creation by God was good and perfect. So that is the standard. Everything is God perfect. Everything is God holy. Man and the rest of creation was created with this perfection and holiness. If we are asked to make it even simpler, I would say that the standard God set was holiness in everything. So when we allow ourselves to do anything, think anything, say anything, hear anything, or even feel anything that is not in line with the holiness of God, we have missed the mark. But now we have been shown the grace of God so that sins that was done in ignorance can be forgiven. But when we willfully and intentionally commit sin, that means we have not put to death that area of our life, which means we have not put to death our sinful nature completely. When we read Romans chapter 6, we would get more understanding on this. I would encourage you to take some time and read the chapter 6 of the book of Romans. Even before the written law was given through Moses, I believe that there is a moral law written on our hearts by God. This law reflects that goodness and perfection and holiness of God. This law guides our conscience. Romans chapter 2 verses 14 and 15. Let me read it for us. Even Gentiles who do not have God's written law show that they know his law when they instinctively obey it even without having heard it. They demonstrate that God's law is written in their hearts, for their own conscience and thoughts either accuse them or tell them they are doing right. I am reading for our better understanding from the New Living Translation. I will read it again for us from NASB, New American Standard Version, Romans uh, chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. For when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do the things in the law, these, although not having the law, are a law to themselves, who show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, 
and between themselves their thoughts accusing or else excusing them when i put these two uh, translations of god's word together this is what i have come to understanding that there is a law a moral law that god has written on all of our hearts and that law is enough to tell us what is right and what is wrong because that written law of god which is on our hearts will guide our conscience it will tell us where to go and where not to go it will give us clear understanding of morality so when anyone does anything against that that is sin though there was no written law in their hands but their hearts had god's written law written on their hearts because it is god who created us so when god created us god put his fingerprint on our hearts god put his image in us god put his likeness in us so we are able to think and understand the holiness of god the moral values that god upholds so when we go against it we are sinning so no man can say or there is no excuse for anyone that i did not know i was ignorant no ignorance according to today's uh, you know law and matters related to law ignorance is also a crime which means if you do not know what your law requires you to do and if you don't do it and if you do things that the law says you're not supposed to do and you say i was ignorant i didn't know that is not accepted by the court you're supposed to know what you are supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do if you live in a country and if you're a citizen of that nation let me go a little further we also had the written law of god given to us through moses so moses comes much later in the history you now uh, after adam many years later so god also gave us the law through moses this law has made matters much more clearer you know what it made it, it made it very clear that we are absolute sinners i will explain that very soon The law was given through Moses so that man could live a life that was according to God's standard. The law was given so that man could come to God in a certain manner. The law was given so that God's chosen people, the people of Israel, will not imitate the lifestyle of the sinful world. Thus, they become an example of God's pattern for others to see and make a change in their life. So law was given so that man could relate to god and to one another in a right manner why in our earlier topic genesis of sin we learned that man had an intimate relationship with god but man got separated from god because of sin because of sin man destroyed his relationship with god and with one another since man got separated from god man could not find the appropriate way to come back to god In other words the entire human race is separated from God but why is the entire human race separated from God when you read the bible a little bit more you will get to understand where man stands in the eyes of God if you read the letter of uh, uh, that apostle paul wrote to romans chapter 3 was 23 Romans chapter 3 was 23 Paul says like this under the guidance of the Holy Spirit all of them are writing God's word so Paul says all have sinned 
and all fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned, which means every human being is a sinner. You will say, when did I commit sin? We will come to that very soon. In another place, Romans chapter 3 verse 20, Paul says, Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we became conscious of our sin. We became conscious of our sin. As I told you earlier, when law came, what did law do? It made us realize we are all the more sinners. We are absolute sinners. That's exactly true. When there is law given to us, by looking at the law, you realize that you are not, you are not able to fulfill all the requirements of the law. So automatically you and I, we are you know, uh, framed as wrongdoers, as sinners. And so law made it all the more clear that we are sinners. Psalm 51 verse 5. I am born in sin. My mother conceived me in sin. I am born in sin. So most of you would have been thinking, when did I commit sin? You don't have to do anything to become a sinner. You are born a sinner. Because of Adam and Eve disobeying God, sin came into the world and everyone born in this world is born in sin. Because in Adam and Eve, sin began to take roots. Sin began to grow and sin became part of his blood, part of his body, part of his thought process, part of his lifestyle. Everything Adam and Eve did was sinful. So as a result of all those born through Adam and Eve, meaning all of us, we are all considered as sinners before God. You may say, I'm not a sinner. Yes, before me, before you know, the Prime Minister of India, before all the others, you may not be a sinner because the standards they have kept for you to be called a sinner may not be you know, the actual standards. A standard can be kept by someone who is above the standard and only God is above the standard. And what is the standard? As I said in the beginning, holiness. The standard is holiness. Nothing else. The standard is holiness. So if God's standard is holy, then God expects all, us, all of us to live a holy life. But since we are born in the sinful world, we are born as sinners. 1 John chapter 1, verse 8 to 10. It says like this, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, who is faithful? God is faithful and just and God will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So what will God do? When we come to God, God will forgive our sins. That's the first thing God will do. And the next thing is he'll purify you. You see, purification is part of Every human being, we take bath to clean ourselves. We, we, we take a certain kind of medicine to clean our body of impurities. We drink a lot of water and it says, no, science says you drink a lot of water, a lot of impurity goes out. The temples that you know we build for worship, even those temples or you call it mosque or you call it church, we clean it. Why? Because purification is part of human life. Why do you say I'm sorry? Because you want to clear yourself off of the mistakes you have done. So purification is part of us. And that's the first thing God will do. Because when we come to God as a sinner and accept that I am a sinner, the first thing God does is He will forgive you. And the next thing God will do is cleanse you, purify you. Because God is holy. God cannot deal with you when you live in sin. 
God can only connect with you, communicate with you, meaning have a relationship, strong bond with you when you stand in front of Him, holy and righteous. So let me go on with that verse, John chapter, 1 John chapter 1 verse 8 to 10. If we claim we have not sinned, we make God to be a liar. And the next thing, God's word has no place in our lives. So the best thing for us to do is accept that we are sinners. We are born in sin. Since I'm born in sin, everything I do is not up to the mark of God. Therefore, I'm not able to reach up to God. Man is making every effort to reach God, but man is not able to reach God. The efforts man take to reach God, we call that religion. Religion is man-made. These are man-made efforts to reach God. Somebody found a certain way, a certain pattern, and he said, this is how I'm going to reach God. A few people follow him, and we call that Hinduism. A few other people found a certain way, and they say, this is the pattern, this is the right way, and we call that uh, Muslim. A few other people follow another pattern or another uh, lifestyle, and they say, this is the truth, this is how we must do it, we call it Buddhism. And, and a few other Sikhism. And, and then we have so many other religions that do not have any, any any particular name that we know about but there may not be a name but that's that's a certain way man has found to reach God to please God so go dip yourself in this river go walk this mile go climb this mountain go do some offerings do some sacrifice cut yourself dance jump you know give some money to the poor and you think God will be pleased that's exactly what man is doing. Man is making efforts to reach God by finding out his own methods of reaching God. Let me tell you, if you are a sinner, what you and I do is, is full of sin. So how can a holy God be pleased with what I do? Because whatever I do is full of sin. My hand is full of sin. So what I do is sinful. My mind is full of sin. Yes, I'm trying to think good. Why am I trying to think good? Why there is some kind of goodness in me? Because I was created in the image and likeness of God. So are you. So is everyone in the world. So is everyone who's going to be born. We are all created in the image and likeness of God. Because of sin, it, you know, it does not mean we have completely lost the image and likeness of God. Because of sin, the likeness and image of God in us is, is partially destroyed. We call it, it's marred. It is damaged, not completely destroyed. So there is an amount of goodness and likeness of God still remaining in us. That's why it doesn't matter which religion you belong to, which group or which denomination you belong to. We try to do good things. We try to help people. We try to love people. We show compassion. Because there is the amount of God still living in us, though we are living in a sinful world. So the amount of things that is in us, though they are good, it does not come up to the standards of God because we are born in sin. Therefore, I'm not able to reach up to God. So through Moses, God gave us law. And the Israelites were the ones who received it. Law was a good thing. But you know what happened? Very soon man began to fear the law rather than God. They made the law a religion. They made the law look more powerful than God. Law became religion. Law became a culture. Law became a traditional. Finally, the so-called rich and affluent began to use it to oppress the poor and the weak. The law was given more value than God himself. For example, let me take just an example. When you and I drive through the streets of our city or our country or wherever we are, when we see a red signal, we tend to stop. I'm talking uh, with an understanding of being an Indian. In, in India, we stop at those signals because it is red. 
not everyone stops at the signal because it is red they stop at the signal because they see a policeman standing there on the other side of the signal they are afraid of the law and that's why they are following the law they are not concerned about the red light because the red light is kept there for your protection for others protection it is a it's a human understanding it's a normal understanding to say that i would like to stop at the signal because i want to know i would be part of the protection that happens around because if i break signal it can harm somebody i may meet with an accident but if i follow the law it's for my good but what happened is you are not taking the law in a good sense you're taking the law in a sense of fear which means if i break the law i may have to pay fine and the policeman is standing there so if the policeman is not there i will just go through that that's what happens in india and if if a policeman catches you you know i am not saying every government officer in our country is corrupt but there are majority major major people are and that is you no know, that's a stigma in our society one rotten apple can destroy the rest of the apples similarly one corrupt officer standing there will accept a few rupees from you and will send you on not taking the fine because you know they, they value the little money that they get but if they have made you pay a fine next time you will be considering should i break the signal or not but even then you're afraid of the law you are not keeping the law for the better of the humanity for the betterment of humanity that's not the purpose so as i said law was given more value than the one who gave the law the one who gave the law was for our benefit for us to come back to god for us to relate with god so we don't copy the wicked lifestyles of the people around us so people of israel got the law so that they can you know they can live according to the law and 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 god will be pleased but you know what happened people began to observe the law the written law in matters of you know just the law they took the word as it is and just followed it there was there was there was the love and grace of god that should come through the law was not coming through because man began to manipulate the law for his selfish gain that's why in romans chapter 3 verse 20 paul says Therefore no one will be declared righteous in his sight in God's sight by observing the law because everyone began to observe the law just to say I'm good it was not out of reverence for God it was not out of respect for God it was not out of love for God it was just I kept the law done that's it I'm right or wrong that was it so God said you cannot be declared righteous by just observing the law in Romans chapter 7 was a seven and following no it it says like this the written law also made man more sinful because when it says don't do and you do you have a written law and you have done sin which means you have disobeyed the written law as well which you know which means you cannot say i did not know the law was given to you in writing you should have read it you should have known it so when you have a written law and you disobey it means you are all the more sinful the purpose of the law was good but because man was bent on continuing in sin law became harsh on man law was no more the option for man to make his life right with god man could never fulfill the law he became the worst sinner there was no way for the sinner to attain eternal life there was no way for salvation god you know through the law asked you know us to do a sacrifice an animal will be sacrificed on our behalf every year and no the the sin of you know uh, the man will be imputed on the animal 
by laying hands on the animal's head and the chief priest and those involved in the religious activity they will you know they will they will do the sacrifice on our behalf and that that animal that that sheep or the goat or no is dying on our behalf which means you no know, the 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 sins that i have done the penalty that i have to pay for the sin the that that animal is paying on my behalf so what is the wages of sin the bible clearly says the wages of sin is death so if anyone has done anything wrong meaning if you live a sinful life what happens to you the end is death so the wages of sin is death you pay for the mistakes you do with your life so since man became completely drowned in sin there was no way for him to you know to be to be saved the only way was to pay through his life that's what exactly god's word says If you read Romans chapter 6 verse 23 what I just said you will find it there Romans chapter 6 verse 23 for the wages of sin is death so the only option we had was to pay for those sins through our life how can we live there is no choice there's nothing we can do so every year an animal will be sacrificed on our behalf and that was just a temporary remedy because every year you have to do a sacrifice every year you're supposed to do it and uh, as i said man began to you know become more sinful because even that became futile man needed a sinless being to rescue him there was a need for permanent solution let me make it even more clear when the law expected us to bring an animal and sacrifice you will see during the time of jesus in the temple the temple is a place for people to come and talk to god and hear from god worship god to relationship with god but during jesus time you would have, you would have read that in the bible that the people began to sell the animals for sacrifice inside the temple is that the place for business is the is a temple a shopping mall to select which animal you need to buy for sacrifice the temple is not a place of business but that's what man did that's why i said law made you even more sinful man could not fulfill it man utilized law for his personal selfish gain he began to manipulate the law the the the, the buying of an animal must be outside the temple premises but now it's even inside the temple so jesus picked up a whip beat up the people and chased them out of the temple and he said my house cannot be all the house of my father this is the place of prayer this cannot be used as a place of business it is not a den of robbers but it must be used as a place of prayer for people from all nations you see that that's exactly what lord did law was for good but man manipulated it and so now there cannot be an animal just just being killed every year because that's just a temporary solution you need a permanent solution before god and god in jesus made it possible in jesus all the law was fulfilled jesus came to the world and died on the cross on my behalf on your behalf so that you and i do not need to pay the wages of sin he paid it for us jesus paid it through his own life the requirement of the law every requirement of the law was fulfilled in jesus now man can come to god directly through jesus anyone can approach god so now in jesus we are no more sinners but we are children of god 
Let me read a passage from the book of Romans chapter 6 before I end our study on sin and sinners. Romans chapter 6 verses 10 onwards. Romans chapter 6 verse 10 onwards. When he died, when Jesus died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, who oh, Jesus lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourself to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Jesus Christ. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So, use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. See that underline that you no longer live under the requirements of the law instead you live under the freedom of God's grace because of God's grace you're no more a sinner you're a child of God you're a friend of God you have equal inheritance with Jesus Christ in heaven you belong to God now You were a sinner but now you have become a saint everyone washed with the blood of Jesus Christ who accepts that I am a sinner and I need a savior I tell you you are no more a sinner God has made you a saint because through Jesus Christ you have become righteous not through our own works our own works were temporary just that every year you do a sacrifice and you think you're okay but that was not permanent through Jesus Christ everything has been made permanent you are no more sinners but children of God